you may be expecting a fancy intro, but Alex is not here, so we're just going to get right into it. I did listen to an old pod, and Alex actually started the pod by saying, launch. Launch. So let's launch. Okay, let's launch Mustafi into the sun. (laughs) Um, Yeah, Alex is missing today. He's got some Easter family stuff. Mm -hmm. Uh, Rache is missing because he... Injured his rib. Yeah, Rache's out for six to eight weeks. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's the actual number that he quoted, too. Yeah. Um, he played some cricket. That's what you get for playing cricket. Honestly. Yeah. Um, he said he hadn't bowled like that in ages. And I, I literally thought he meant like bowling. I was like, mm-hmm. bowling is not that intense. <laughs> um, but he hadn't bowled like that in ages. And I guess that motion is not easy if you haven't done it in years. Especially if you don't stretch, which Rache never does. I'm sure he didn't. Well, he stretches his lower body, just not his upper body. If anyone's ever seen Rache, <laughs> he's the most rigid upper body I've ever seen in my entire life. So that does not help with that. <laughs> that's true. Um, so let's get right into the Premier League. Well, let's start at the top. Um, City were coming back from that horrendous loss to Spurs in the Champions League. Absolutely, what a joke! I mean, we'll get we'll get to Pep Guardiola later on, <laughs> but that was such a low point for them this season. And then they had to play Spurs again, the same Spurs that without Harry Kane, you know, Pep called them the Harry Kane team, mm-hmm. um, beat them in the Champions League. Um, and then now they had to play them in the league and you know there was a chance that Spurs could derail two competitions for them in this case Spurs did um, City did come up on top with a Sterling goal uh, actually Phil Foden oh Phil Foden yeah, yeah his Phil first Foden. Premier League goal um, so, so now he deserves to buy a house for his mom yes yeah. exactly because before that he had no right yeah um, this one was I like the fact that Foden started over Silva like um, David Silva because David Silva has not been having the best of seasons um, he hasn't been that influential this season um, same as Kevin De Bruyne just from all his injuries but De Bruyne has come back playing really well in the last few games got injured this game again now is out again mm-hmm. um, I don't think it really affects City's title push too much because they've done just fine all season without him um, but I don't know this playing Phil Foden was a really good idea by Pep and he did get the only winning goal which is a great actually Bernardo Silva cut in beautiful loft ball to Aguero who played it across and Foden finished it off so it's it's you know when when you have a system that works then you can slot in do your thing you know people can say all these things are tap-ins whatever but a you have to have the spatial awareness to move into those spaces and, and players have to have to have the creativity to put you in those positions so that's honest, honestly that that is the good side of the Pep Guardiola formula right right I mean, Alex, we were talking about this, and Alex believes a big part of that formula is the wing-backs. Now, the reason City have stumbled recently is they didn't really have it. Pep seems to be playing more kind of three in the middle with Walker really pushed in. He's, you know, you don't see Walker pushing all the way up to the sideline and all the way up to the corner flag anymore. He's kind of playing more as a third center back at times. You have Mendy, who he, for some reason, started playing him the minute he came back from injury. Mm-hmm. It seems like Mendy's just not into it. His... He's, he's off a little bit. You know, that's from that's natural for someone who hasn't played in a really long time from an injury. Zinchenko was playing well there. Delph was playing well enough. And all of a sudden, he kind of tried to squeeze Mendy back in. And I think Mendy was really bad in the two Champions League games versus Spurs. And it's one of the reasons why um, City have wobbled a little bit. They just haven't used their wing backs recently as they did previously in the season and last season. Yeah. <clears throat> And as we've seen from Liverpool, wingback is one of the most important positions on the pitch, if not the most important position in the modern game. And right. if Walker isn't getting up and down like he he did in the past, right, then you, you're lopsided. 
and then you're playing only on that one side. And Mendy, when he first started the season, I think had five assists in five games or something weird like that and start off like a house on fire. But if he's having poor form, injury, all that stuff, then you're going to have an issue. And I think that's a problem. I also think uh, in that Champions League, Laporte was just not very good. And that was only the second time, supposedly, that Laporte and company have played in the, in the, in the, as, a, as a central defensive partnership. So, again, they have those issues. And in, even in this 1-0 win, Tottenham almost exploited those those deficiencies a couple of times, and it could have been really, really hairy. Right. Well, well Tottenham have one of the most informed players in the league, if not the world, in Son right now. He has been absolutely killing it for the past couple of weeks. Um, we talked about when Kane wasn't there, how he carried them. Now he's doing the same in the league and in the Champions League. Um, he's just been such a good player for them this season. He's really showing his his quality, and you know he plays out wide. He does it. He plays down the center. He does it. Um, and he, you know, he he's really ga- given City so much trouble these last three games. Even the game where they lost one 0 in the league, he was just dangerous, dangerous. A couple of counter attacks. Um, Spurs also had a penalty that they could have claimed, where Walker kind of handled the ball when Deli Ali received it in the in the box. So this was not smooth sailing for City by any means. Absolutely. It's, you know, I, I guess we can kind of lump it together since there were three games very, very close together. And I look at that first leg and I, and I honestly feel City were the architects of their own downfall this whole tie. Aguero missed, missed the penalty, which is old news now, or Lloris saved the penalty yeah. rather. I don't think it was that good a penalty no. to begin with. Um, and then you look at that second leg and I feel... There is no reason why Tottenham scored three at the Etihad. Yeah. It, it shouldn't happen. There was the uh, Ederson, I'm going to call it a mistake. Uh, there was defensive just just trash all yeah. over the and place. And then there was a header from Llorente from a corner kick. And, and Ederson was at fault for a couple of the goals. Even the first leg goal, both goals that... He was at fault for. They went right through him, mm. like right underneath him. Where I think oh, the the sun one, yeah, yeah. that was that was terrible. That was I terrible. think I think both goals, the the sun one in the first leg and the the first goal in the second leg. I think he should he should be expected to save those two right underneath him. Mm. You know, people talk about De Gea and using his feet. All he had to do was kick it out. He did not have to try and come down as fast, uh, you know, faster than the ball. You're never going to do that. So I think he's at fault for for a couple of the goals as well, and and in ultimately the Champions League uh, result there. Um, but again, I, City of, of course want to win the league, and now you know that's all they have left. Obviously, they still got the Carling Cup, they have up, but that's not you know why they pump a billion and a half dollars into mm-hmm. a club. I think it was the Champions League why Pep is here. Mm-hmm. Because if you, I mean, again, I don't want to get in too much into it because we will talk about it. But surely if they had to pick one thing, their fans would have picked the Champions League. Mm-hmm. Because that's something they've never won. It's They've never done well in Europe. They already have a couple of leagues with Pellegrini and, and whoever, Mancini, etc. So this is not novelty, the, the league, but Champions League would definitely have been which is the opposite of Liverpool fans, which mm-hmm. have had success in Europe, reached a couple of finals even if they didn't win it, last season being the most recent one. Right. Um, and they definitely have this inferiority complex when it comes to you know never winning the Premier League since the 90s. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, speaking of Liverpool, I feel like they definitely, the fans won the league more than the City fans won the league. Obviously, now it doesn't matter because there's no option. But Absolutely. Liverpool fans, you could tell, really want that league. And the players are playing and are doing everything they can because it is not in their hands, unfortunately, for them. Yeah. They are a point they, behind they City. They did slip up when they had an opportunity to really make this their own. 
They yeah, the Leicester, Bournemouth, couple of games in yep. there. I think early January. They had the best December we've ever seen. One mm. every game in December in the crazy period, and they just failed in the beginning of of, of, of the year. Um, but you know, they did their part this week. They beat Cardiff two nil. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, nil nil still in the first half. It was tight, but eventually they pulled through. Vinaldum with a great goal from the corner. Great hit. I think actually an underappreciated member of this team. I think of their midfield options, he's been, like the central midfield options, he has been the best. Yeah. You can talk about Fabinho coming in out of form. Naby Keita only came into form the last two games, so yeah. he's really not been good all season. Henderson, I wouldn't have him. And Milner, I think he's done great overall, but this season has not been that great. And Vinaldum really has picked up for everybody. And then the penalty, Salah, this is a penalty. This is a stone-cold penalty. Yeah, I don't know what's going you on know, online. Like... I think what's going on online is Salah has been a ridiculous diver this season. Right. That's an absolute fact. So now, even when something accurate is called, people don't want to hear it. Someone put it really well online. Someone said there's two types of divers. There's the divers that are bad at selling contact that actually happens. Mm-hmm. And there are divers that are bad at selling contact that never happens. Mm-hmm. Salah is horrible at selling contact that does happen. Mm-hmm. Because he wanted to stay up as much as he could mm. but then it got to a point where he's like i'm not gonna gain anything from this i was actually fouled mm-hmm. i will go down it's just that delay in going down mm-hmm. where you know the bulk of the foul already happened yeah then he goes down he was all over him he, yeah. he was it was like he was gonna bear hug him or something i don't know what the defender was thinking he was grabbing him for a good 10 15 seconds non-stop and Again, Salah, had he gone down earlier in the middle of that contact, no one would be or saying Or just anything. like wave his arms like wildly or something, begging the referee for something at that point. But then the reaction is exaggerated after, but I don't care about that. Right. It was a penalty and that's just the way it is. And, and that's the thing when it comes to refereeing, you know, do I have to fall to get a penalty? The ref should have been calling that ages ago before Salah even went to the ground. Yeah. But anyway, Salah got a penalty and there was a little like Salah wanted to take it because of the whole, you know, he's tied at 19 at the top of the table. I think him, Aubameyang and Aguero all on 19. Very tight I race up so, there. Yeah. And then a couple of people on 18 and 17. So I think there's the Manes and Harry Kane's and, you know, Vardy at 16. Sterling, I think at 18. There's It's such a tight golden mm. boot race. Is it the golden boot in the Premier League? I think it is. Okay. I think it is. Um, that It's actually tighter than it's, than it's ever been. Um, so Salah wanted to take the penalty. Milner said, you know what, I'm the penalty taker. And I don't think... Milner did it for personal gain. I think Milner said, you know what, let's not rock the boat. Mm-hmm. This is about the team. I'm just going to take it, dispatch it. And he took such a good penalty. And, I, I and think it makes that's sense. fair. I yeah. think if there, and I actually wonder why players argue that because there is a designated penalty taker at Liverpool. Most, some clubs don't have him, but Liverpool do. It's Milner. Everyone knows that. And he's like, very good. Why is it, I assume in training, everyone understands this, but on the when the game comes in, you know, this red mist takes over people and they go, I want it. It's like, well, that doesn't make th- sense. That's what they say about, like, strikers. Strikers are selfish. They want the goals themselves. Yeah. Especially when you fall and you've kind of created the penalty, they want it even more. Um, but, yes, Miller did the right thing there. Game sealed for Liverpool. Um, and, and, and they had an easy time in the Champions League. They had a very easy time in the Champions League. Yeah, they... Yeah, I mean, they've had a, a relatively... The run wasn't too difficult in the mm-hmm. Champions League, I'd say. Um, this next one, though, <laughs> it almost feels like, well, this is what you get. They're Ooh. playing Barcelona. Oh, they're, they got Barcelona. Yeah, they got Barcelona. Um, and then the other side, you got Ajax and Spurs. I can't believe one of those two is going to be in the final. Um, that's insane. I mean, at the beginning of the season, if, if someone said, you know, one of Ajax or Spurs is going to be in the final of the Champions League, that's insane. If you're Barcelona, just this is the way I feel, and you don't win this Champions League, you're never winning again. Like this is or Liverpool. You can say the same about Liverpool. I feel they're 
I mean, the Messi factor is just so large. But if you take Messi out, which mm-hmm. is unfair, yeah, Liverpool are favorites. Yes, I, I, I actually, you know what? Liverpool may actually just be favorites still, still. Yeah, but for me, it's also this idea what you said earlier about the Champions League versus Premier League. Like people say, you go for whatever you go for. You can't help but not be distracted if you're Liverpool. It's not like. You know when people talk about the treble season United and whatever, this was a winning team right. in England. So I can understand they're not going to be distracted. This is Liverpool. Everyone in 30 years in the Premier League, they're going to be distracted. And if you're Barcelona don't take advantage of that, right. then I don't know what, what you're well, going to well, do. Well, for Barcelona, it really comes down to the other players. It comes down to the likes of Coutinho, Suarez, Dembele. Are they going to step up? And if they do, then Barcelona have a really good chance. People are making this about Van Dijk against Messi. And... I mean, they're saying about you know the player that made the most dribbles in the in the season versus the player that was dribbled versus the least in the season. Yeah. you know people are saying all the immovable force versus a whatever object. You know that yeah that statement. Um, it's it might actually be, the thing with Messi though is he's never somehow never close to center backs. He does all his stuff from like so exactly. deep that he, I, I feel he's never going to come up against Van Dijk anyway. Exactly my thought. Van Dijk and Messi is not the fight here. No. That's irrelevant. It's can Suarez occupy enough space yeah. and occupy Van Dijk? And he's a big boy, so he probably can. But to let Messi do his thing and who would be nipping around him? I don't know. Is Naby going to play? Oh, like, yeah, Naby, Fabinho. Like, it's more Messi versus Fabinho and Naby Keita than Van Dijk. I feel the way Messi's yeah. been playing. But... The other thing, it's also even you want to think about, it's more like Alexander Trent trying not to get duped by that Messi to Alba ball. Like, there's so much more than mm. Messi Van Dijk. Mm-hmm. I also feel that, you know how he said Suarez to occupy space? If you remember the goal versus United, mm. Suarez made that run after Messi nutmegged um, Fred. Fred. Mm-hmm. Suarez knew full well he was not going he to receive that He ball. got out the way. He just... Took a defender, got out of the way, went, here you go. Mm-hmm. And that's pretty much what Suarez just needs yeah. to do every game when Messi's playing. Yeah. Um, so that's both of them getting three points. Um, still in City's hands, who have a game in hand, I believe, and but two points behind. Yeah. So they're at 86 with 34 games played in Liverpool, at 88 with 35 games played. This is three games away. This is where Liverpool were versus Chelsea, you know, with that whole slip. They were top of the table, but obviously with a much bigger margin, with three games to go. It might turn for them. Maybe this is the year where it's the other way around. The scary thing about this, and I I know we kind of touched on this a while back, and I had mixed feelings. Now I don't care. Okay. Because now that the quadruple is not happening, like, I'm good. So now you want United to lose the city. Still no. But I, I don't want them to lose. Because there's a lot at stake here. But if we were to lose, I'm okay. But what is at stake? Bernie, I cannot believe that you are equating City winning the league to Liverpool winning the league. City winning... Look, look. Yeah, look, go on. City yeah. have, in the past five years, surpassed United locally. Just in five years. Yes. Obviously not history and not... United right. are still the biggest club. Right. Blah, blah. But that's done and dusted. Right. There's no going back. Right. So one more... One more Premier League is not going to change no, anything. No, see, right now, my problem is, like, before my problem was this quadruple. And my problem was, I have this insane, <laughs> insane annoyance right. when it comes to Pep Guardiola. Okay. I think he's the best manager in the game. Okay. And, but again, it, we're going to get to that oh, discussion because it's a big discussion. I think he's the best manager in the game. I want to make that very, very clear. But there's a messiah complex about him where people mm. think he's saved football that I am not down with. And him right. winning the quadruple... 
would have intensified that right. more so than even Liverpool having a parade win the Premier League. I agree, but now now you cannot want Liverpool. No, no. Now yeah. I want Man City to win the league. Okay, but but if Manchester United had done their job, yeah. So and I guess we'll use to talk about this game. Yeah, Manchester United had three opportunities to get to solidify a top four place. Mm. Three points where I feel if they had done what they were supposed to do, they'd be in there. One was against Arsenal. Mm. It was I think. One point up or one point between the teams. Well, or whatever. that was a game that where people thought whoever wins this one, yes. whoever loses, will pretty and, much drop. And out I of the feel top the form. momentum that United had, obviously the great run, whatever that would have actually maintained. That was the beginning of yeah. it against Farmers, though. Who are the Farmers? Well, your run was a little bit against Farmers. A little bit, a but little then bit. they beat you, FA Cup, Chelsea. I'm just saying, like the general run and right. Spurs as well. Spurs it would have, was a good game. it would have maintained itself. Right. That was one. The second was Wolves. Only because mm. you lose in the FA Cup to Wolves, what you gonna do now? Yep. And then who got Everton. the red card? Someone, oh. someone got the red card. I don't know. Yeah. And then Everton. Ashley Young. Was it the, the idiot? I think it was Ashley Young. <laughs> yeah. And then Everton, where you look at it and you go, "Oh, Spurs lost." <laughs> yeah. You could actually climb in there, and again, I would have felt, you know what? It's all good. If we beat Everton, it's all good. No one wants top four. No one wants no top one wants four. To, that's no cool. one wants it less yeah. than yeah. Manchester United. Yeah, no, no. It's The thing is, Everton... Let, let's talk a little bit out of time because I'm sure we're going to disregard them a little bit, so let's get it out of the way. Yeah. Everton have had a fantastic three weeks. Yes. They beat Chelsea. Mm-hmm. They beat Arsenal. They beat United. Yes. All three in, in the space of a month. I don't know. There might have been a Newcastle in there or something, but pretty much in a row, they beat three of the top six. And by the way, they beat United 4-0. Chelsea 2, Arsenal 1. Yeah. But it could have been 4 against all oh, of them. Oh, easily. They could have battered Arsenal. Yeah. Um, so that's keeping three clean sheets versus, you know, three of the top six teams while beating them convincingly. Mm-hmm. Uh, Luca Digne is killing it down the left. Um, Gomez, I don't know where Bernard, this player came from. Bernard, all of a sudden, against it. Arsenal last, last week. It. So, you know... What's his name? Marco Silva is slowly starting to show what he can make this team do. Mm-hmm. Everything has always been about consistency. Mm-hmm. They have their highs and their lows. They're not consistent enough. But really, to me, everything. Well, before the Spurs Renaissance five seasons ago, you thought or it was so, good. Everton, everything were team. always the one that were on the brink of joining the big boys. Yeah, it was always them, and I don't mind them. I like them. They do things the right way. They don't splash the cash in the way that other teams do, and. It just fell off. And now, you know, they hope that Marcus Silva can be the guy. Unfortunately, though, the scene is much more competitive now. Mm-hmm. It's way more difficult there to, was to a get time. a cutoff. There was a time there that they missed time. out on. Yeah, I um, agree. So now back to United. Mm-hmm. It's not that just the 4-0. It was the performance from start to finish was dominating by Everton. Yeah. United had no... Ch- it didn't look possible that United would somehow get something out of this game without some sort of a fluke. Martial, I thought, was way below par. Mm-hmm. Pogba wasn't good enough. De Gea has been having a horrendous couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, the defense, you don't need to say anything. Dalo, what is he thinking? Did they you just... see that one sequence on Twitter where the, <laughs> the, the, the passing, I think it was Dalo and Lindelof, and you thought, this is amateur. Yeah. Like, forget, when, when people say down tools, like, <laughs> like the, the, the one aspect I want to correct in a lot right. of opinions here is, they down tools for Jose Mourinho. Right. And we can say whether he deserved to have that, that right. happen or whatever. I personally feel that that was his fault, whatever. But there's down tools and they're just being bad. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Well, this was just being bad. Well, that's the thing. With Jose Mourinho, people, fans and pundits gave the players 
and out. Mm-hmm. When you're clearly not playing for this manager, etc., etc. Mm. But now they don't have that out. Yeah, because they like this guy. They like this guy. <laughs> the guy has taken them on a really good run. He's given them the fluidity and the freedom to play their game. So they are now running out of excuses. This is now the fourth manager. People, mm-hmm. you know, people look back all the way from Moyes, Van Hal, Mourinho, Solskjaer. These are not small names. You know, mm-hmm. Solskjaer is a little bit here and there. But you've got Moyes is a top manager. He you know? was he was great. Van before. Hal is a top manager. Yeah. Mourinho's a top, top, top manager. So how many more managers do you get through? This is starting to become Chelsea-esque, where it's like every season we're going to say it's the manager. Like it almost has the onus has to go on the players sometime. So there, 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 there are two things at play here. So the first is, like you said, you now had four different managers. It's not right. as if they tried the same thing. They've tried different. They, they've tried the legend, and so far, I would say the legend. Obviously, I don't. I don't even know how to rate what has happened over Solskjaer's tenure from December to right. now. You can't really do anything until he has a full season. So you can say it's been 80% successful. Let's put it that so way. So if you, if you say, if here's a question. If you say that you cannot gauge his season so mm-hmm. far, which I agree, it's hard. Mm-hmm. Why the rush to give him a contract? Just yeah. one, no one's coming to poach him off you. Mm-hmm. This isn't Pep or Pochettino or whatever. No one's yeah. going to come to take all the yeah. So why not just wait to see how the season goes? At least, you know, I would say make top four or something similar, at least consistently till May, mm-hmm. then give him the job. Why did they rush into it? So I think what, what I've seen is a little bit, and, and I'll sum this up with Jermaine Jenis. Because Jermaine Jenis came out and said, this is stupid, why did they do this, and da-da-da. A month before, yeah. Jermaine Jenis said, Sign him up right now. Well, with Ferdinand, you saw that clip. Yeah, and Jermaine Jenner said the exact same words. And what I'm what I'm seeing is, I remember saying like, let's just wait. And then a lot of people in the media said, well, you actually need a manager now because you need to start working on your transfers because if you sign him later, right. it will be too late because everyone else has already started. That was the narrative then. The narrative now, when things are not going well, is, well, why did you do that? Now everyone is slacking. So it's like. We can't have it both ways. People have to take a position and own that position. Yes, but but this position is a much higher risk position than dallying on giving my contract. Because mm-hmm. that's that's all. Like the risk here is high. You're giving him a four year contract. Moyes hasn't even run out a six year contract. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's got three months mm-hmm. to go. So this is the higher risk decision, but there is no pressure to make it. Yeah. I, I, th- everything I hear about why he got a contract is seems to be from a player's perspective. Players need certainty. Players like him. Mm-hmm. We want players to sign contracts and renew contracts and not leave, mm-hmm. etc. So it seems to be all from a stability point of view, mm-hmm. but not necessarily a long-term view. Like to me, I get there's reasons in the back why Pochettino might not have not been available or mm-hmm. whatever. But you see what he's done in the Champions League with zero transfers with a team that is probably one of the worst on paper in the top six, etc., etc., etc. That just felt like such a big opportunity for United to really just build a platform for the next four, six seasons with a manager like Pochettino. I think you have to ask yourself if, like, if you're Edward Wood or whatever, would you have gotten Pochettino? I think the answer is no. I right. think that Pochettino was not going to leave considering they needed to have a full season. Like, he'd probably want a full season in this new stadium, yada, 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 and actually see what happens when they get some money after a year. I don't think that was attainable. I think they learned that very early right. on. So that's how I think that. And I mean, like, pretty within the first week of Solskjaer. But then, remember, Tottenham went on a four-game losing streak. And then it's not popular for the fans. But what, what I find interesting about this Solskjaer thing is, whether he deserved the contract or not, I don't know. I think I probably agree with you they should have waited. But the, the logic the, the that a lot of people know. said, what a lot of people said was for stability 
but also to get players in. Yeah. And I thought, that's a director of football's job. What you do is, and this is what we were, we were told, was that they sign a director of football, and then they decide yeah. on the manager. That didn't happen. Well, Mourinho has been asking for the director of football for a few seasons now. How do you feel about the Mike Phelan rumors? I Firstly, mean, Mourinho actually said he didn't want a director of football. Yeah. Mourinho, so here's the thing about Jose. And again, people, recency is hilarious. Jose came on BN Sports and said, I need a club with the right structure. Manchester United tried to give him a director of football, and he said no. Right. At Real Madrid, he sacked Valdano, who was a director of football. Chelsea don't have one because him and Michael Emanalo fell out. So this idea that he wanted that is just not true. Okay. And Mike Phelan, absolutely not. I mean, assistant really, manager, I'm good. Let him do that. Really, you know, my, as an Arsenal fan, it's very weird for me to keep repeating that United are the biggest club in England mm. and the second biggest club in the world, possibly after Madrid. Maybe if you want to put Barca recently there. But the point is, you're a top three club in the world, regardless of mm-hmm. results, regardless of all right. this crap. Okay. Right. A manager that comes from the Swedish or whatever league, a thing of football that comes from God knows where, Hull, and I get it, he's been at United before. It's just, I need, I don't know, maybe I need brands. I need brands. I need a Mourinho. Yes, it didn't work out, but I need a Mourinho. I need a Zidane. I need a Pochettino. I just need to, I feel United are so underambitious recently. I'll, I'll Even Moyes this. and Van Hal to me, wasn't enough. I'll, 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 I'll say, it, I'll put it this way. I look at other teams, and, and I must be the only person that wants this. And I said, I want Manchester United to be a Barcelona. I want Manchester United to be a Bayern Munich, a club that is run as a dynasty, where right. former players get involved because it breeds an identity. It breeds this DNA that Roche has been talking about forever. That's what I want. Now, those same teams have hired people that people might go, well, you know, who's Niko Kovac? Yeah. Well, well, who's Pep Guardiola? Exactly. Yeah. And, I, and I said it on the podcast before, Pep Guardiola, when he joined, it was Mourinho or Pep. Yeah. That was the decision. Yeah. Mourinho was the... That was the bullet there. Yeah. And Pep was the what? Academy? The academy coach. Pep, Pep had no more experience than Ligue 1 Solskjaer has. Yeah. In fact, he had less. I don't care about this Barcelona B, this bullshit. Mm. He had less than... Uh, what's his name? Was manager of the reserves at United yep. and Molde and has European experience. Zidane is the same. We can say have, whatever Zidane, it is. Zidane didn't have that much experience either. This guy has more experience than those two dudes. So for me, if I want a dynasty club, which is I do want, then that's fine. But if you want a cosmopolitan, you know, whatever club, a little bit of a Juventus type but of United thing. But United is a brand. Then, well, I don't like that brand. I know. But like, unfortunately, this is how you compete. You make so much money mm-hmm. off this brand. And this brand needs Galacticos. It needs glitter. It doesn't... I get it. I would... But it's never been that club. And that's the thing. It's never been that club. Only because Alex Ferguson lasted there for 26 years or whatever it was. But again, here's the part that people kind of forget about Manchester United. They went 27 years. Uh, They pulled a Liverpool before Ferguson won the league. And what Ferguson did was... What Solskjaer is doing... I'm not saying it's going to equate. It won't. He's he's not going to be good. But what he did was he took the Busby stuff... He brought Busby in to talk to the team. Busby was there every game. Right. What you're seeing social doing with, with uh, Ferguson is exactly what Ferguson did with Busby. So that's how this club actually operates. I'll just remind you that you are not going to be able to say this, did the Liverpool thing, if you allow them to win the league. I know. I'm just saying. I, don't, I know. I know. I hear you. I because hear you. you're using that I hear you. and you're not going to be able to. I know. I know. Um, let's quickly, before we move on, I know we've talked about it big picture, but the goals in this game were quality. Yes. Richarlison, that left-footed half an overhead kick was brilliant. Um, Guilfi Sigurdsson, his shot was actually from quite a distance, really hit that, really got it. Luka Dina, 
with the the volley off the corner was brilliant mm -hmm. and then even Theo Walcott's finish wasn't bad like these are four high quality goals that Everton scored this, uh, this as game as good as those goals are so let me talk about the first one Dallo has to hit that ball out Dallo, Dallo has yeah. to like the first header I can deal with on some level but Dallo has to put his head in and be brave and expect contact Second one, Matish was nowhere. Matish was horrendous. I'm he, sorry, he was but he was the whole game. Something was up. I don't know. He he wasn't anywhere on the field. And I also felt De Gea. If you're top, keeper, I thought he had to save it. You have to save it. I thought he had it's to a save brilliant it. strike, but it's not that brilliant. On um, on Matich, and this will be the last thing we say about my United. On Matich, the difference between this and why I also say, and I agree with you that we can no longer talk about managers, is because I say the down tools part. Matic said at the end of this game that he was the worst player on the pitch. Mm. I've never heard a player say that. Today, Paul Papa came out and said, I was not good enough and I need to improve. And I've I need never heard him say that either. Yeah, I'm not good enough and I need to move to Madrid. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but when you hear players saying that, it means they get it and they are playing for you, but now it's go do your thing. Yeah. But then again, who signed the players? Jose Mourinho did. So. Well, Sim Van Gaal and Moyes, I mean, some, some of these players, I mean, you, you know the stat about how against Barcelona you started the same back four or whatever that started like eight years prior. In and, and that's their fault. Insanity. That's Anyways, their fault. Um, do you want to do a Mumu or a Frodo? Let's do a Mumu because Frodo is going to be a lot of yeah. similar topics. Yeah. Let's break it up. Let's do it. I do Mumu. One thing we are no sha, Mumu no fit sleep forever. One day, Mumu go wake up. So allow me to reintroduce Mumu. My name is Burn. <laughs> anyway, I tried that. That failed. Uh, but Mumu of the Week is our segment where we talk about fools, idiots, um, off the pitch of football and Mumu's Nigerian slang. So we'll start in Sweden, where we never go to. And maybe one day as a Koshcast, uh, we, we will should. go. We'll yeah. see. Uh, but... We're there because an amazing moment happened. Um, so in the Swedish league, a freak injury is what we're talking about. <laughs> Matthias Oshgun, I don't know what club he plays for, um, but he was supposed to sub on for Axel Lindahl. Great names, by the way. Uh, so this substitution occurs, and they try to do a high five, completely miss it. That's Mumu, first off. But when they miss the, uh, the high five... Lindahl accidentally pokes Oshgun in the eye, which you go, okay, haha, that's funny. Except Oshgun stumbles and he holds his eye and he has to be subbed off a minute later, so they just lost the substitute. And this was like in the 82nd minute, clearly, you know, a substitute of, of importance, possibly, you know, chasing the game or something, but that's hilarious. Yeah, yeah. that's hilarious. Um, mine is in Portugal. We're going to different places this mm -hmm. week. So, I don't know, if you guys haven't seen this, you need to find it on Twitter. This Benfica fan drove 1,800 miles in the wrong direction because they, Benfica Frankfurt, were playing in the Europa League and he went to the wrong Frankfurt ahead of the Europa League match. So he traveled to some Frankfurt Oder, which is the east of Germany, mm -hmm. rather than the actual main city of Frankfurt. The places are 600 kilometers apart. And the, the funny thing is that they were... Um, blogging their whole experience on Snapchat. First, we're going here, etc. Mm -hmm. And people saw on the map that they were going the wrong the way. Wrong they one. tried to reach out and say, bro, you're turn around. Please turn, oh turn around. My God. Then they got all the way there, took a photo with the sign saying, well, you're at Frankfurt, welcome. And then you see them walking around in this village. There's clearly no football stadium. <laughs> it is not a city of any sort. And then they realize just how much... I mean... Their Snapchat, their, their Portuguese, their Snapchat title is Estamos Fucked. 
So then they try and drive back, which is another six-hour drive. And unfortunately, they didn't make it. They ended up being in, I think, Berlin or something and just watching the game in the, in the pub. Oh, my. So they actually had these tickets? They missed it. They absolutely missed it. But, like... I don't know. Wait, because I mean, if he was being told that he's in the wrong Frankfurt. Well, he well, they couldn't reach out until he reached there, took a photo with the sign, and then realized... Oh, so they stopped for Wi-Fi, did yeah. a Snapchat, then said, yeah. close the phone, and went on the road again. Speaking of Wi-Fi, they mentioned a few times how bad the Wi-Fi is in Germany, and a lot of Germans agreed, which I wouldn't have thought. Yeah, I thought but Germany would have yeah, they, great technology. Yeah, but anyways, that is one of my favorite that we've ever done. Wow. Wow. I, I do more more. <laughs> One thing we I know, Sha, Mumu no fit sleep forever. One day, Mumu go wake up. So, the other two Mumus trying to make it into the top four, because clearly we've got like four Mumus that just do not want to make it, are Arsenal and Chelsea. Let's start at the Emirates Stadium, where Arsenal have a phenomenal home record this season, one of mm-hmm. the best in Europe. Mm-hmm. So naturally, Crystal Palace come to town. I didn't even watch this game, even though I had the time, because I said, done. Yeah. Yep, home record, it's going to be just fine. Unfortunately, didn't go to plan. Arsenal losing 3-2 to Crystal Palace. A lot to talk about in this game. Well, let, let, let's frame this properly. Yeah. Because there's only one person that matters in this game, and that is Mustafi. <laughs> let, let's put it this way, okay? The first goal... Uh, set piece comes in and I think to myself okay it's Palace this is how they score goals but mm, Arsenal's at home whatever I, I just want to I, I'm going to put this to you okay yeah. I want to know what went through your mind when you saw Mustafi ben- and just let Benteke walk past him well in my mind I'm like why is Ben surely Benteke's offside surely <laughs> because he is miles ahead of any Arsenal player he's playing one on one header with versus Leno mm. And obviously the stat had to come out that, you know, Benteke hadn't scored in like 19 games. Mm. And Arsenal, Arsenal being, you know, Arsenal football charity, this is what we do. Mm. We break these records. Mm. You haven't won in 17 games? Please. You haven't scored in 200 hours? Please. You haven't done this? Please. You haven't won an away game all season? Please. Whatever you'd like. This is a Make-A-Wish Foundation. You come to the Emirates, we give you whatever you ask for. Anyway, so that's the first goal. Um, it started before that, actually. It's... It was the Emery setup was off. Um, we had the Europa League game three days ago. This mm-hmm. is Arsenal, by the way. Beat Napoli, home and away, mm-hmm. keep a clean sheet, demolish the second team in, in Serie A, no mm-hmm. issues, and then lose to Crystal Palace. Mm-hmm. So we so rested what, a lot what of What was players. the point of, of the rest, resting them? What was the point? Well, of there's the Europa League again coming up. Is that next week? That's soon. And okay. I think we have a game on Wednesday again mm-hmm. in the league. I think we're playing... Um, I can't remember who we're playing at, but we're playing someone in the league on Wednesday. So it's tight. There is a lot of games happening. So mm-hmm. he put Jenkinson at right wing back. We played Elneny Guendouzi as a pivot, which failed horrendously at Everton. Um, it was just a really bad start to the game overall. But, you know, we went to the second goal, though. Mm-hmm. Almost, I mean, first of all, we went 1-0 down in the first half. We're like, you know what? Fine. It's still doable. It looked like we had enough in us. And to be fair to Emery, he did make very good changes. Mm-hmm. A little bit late, but you know what? Better late than never. Mm-hmm. He brought on in uh, Maitland-Niles uh, as a right back. He turned, moved it to a back four. We brought on Iwobi as well, who was you know, great energy and really actually changed the game for us quite mm-hmm. a bit. He doesn't have any end product, which is really frustrating. And he had a chance at the very end of the game to tie a 3-3, which... 
no one thought he would ever Arsenal take. Arsenal would disagree with you, but sure. <laughs> yeah. sure. Um, and we scored two minutes into the second half. Mm. Could not have picked better timing. Mm. It's 1-1. You've got the whole rest of the second half. To you just score win three, this four. game. Anything. Mm. Mesut Ozo with a beautiful one of those chops that he does into the ground. Mm-hmm. I don't know how or why he's... It even ever came up that he wants to do this, but mm-hmm. it works. It works. Let him because he cannot finish. Good, the uh, uh, Lacazette. By the way, I think that sort of typifies him that he can do. He's an all-around kind of forward. Well, I'm going to give you a stat that backs that feeling up. He's mm-hmm. the only Arsenal player that is in double figures for both goals and assists. Oh, okay. He is all-rounder. He's player of the season by far. Mm-hmm. N- no discussion. Mm-hmm. Um, he brilliant pass to Ozil. Brilliant finish in the near post. One-one. You have 43 minutes. To score a goal against Palace without conceding. Mm-hmm. Everything's going well. Momentum is high. The crowd is buzzing. We're going to win this. Don't worry about the first half. And then... I sense Titanic music. The, <laughs> the calamity that is Kodran Mustafi. Absolute... He just has no concentration. He has... It's It's gotten to a point where you can't explain it. You know, yeah, Arsenal have had some bad defenders. Silvestra, mm-hmm. William Gallas, mm-hmm. Senderos... Take your pick, mate. Like, there's no, there's been no worse. Mm-hmm. But they are all limited in ability. You expect them to be that. Not in effort. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Mustafi just makes the most random decision. He just self-implodes. Mm-hmm. This one, the ball went over the top. Zaha is behind him. This is not a race. Mm-hmm. Zaha is two feet behind. Mustafi has the ball in his possession. Mm-hmm. He just needed to slide it back to Leno. Mm-hmm. Instead... He thinks, I'm going to hold off Zaha outside the box. Mm-hmm. There's 18 yards to Leno. How long are you going to hold off this player for? And then Zaha is a very, very nimble, smart player. He literally saw that ass come towards him, <laughs> and he just moved out the way. Mustafi was sold, completely gone, goal. And then Mustafi has the nerve to throw his arms in the air and ask Leno why he didn't come out. You know what I saw in this goal? I saw something worse, something more, more cynical than what you saw. I saw Mustafi get out the way. Because that's what it looked like to me. Yep. It looked like it all happened very, very quickly, though the distance was, was what it was. He sticks his ass out. He's trying to protect it. And as if he just decides, no. And he just, it, it looks like, I, I know you're saying Zaha goes around him. It looks like he just dropped his shoulder and moved. Yeah. And Zaha ran in a straight line. And I was like, this is bad. Is, is, he, is he betting against you at this point? I, I, no, it's, it's actually baffling. Like, I can't get into his mind and think, first of all, you want to shield somebody. Don't do it when that somebody still has two, three yards on you because he can see it coming. Mm. If that person's already there, he's already there. You're holding him, fine, whatever. But you have so many options. Kick it out. Pass it back to Leno. Do whatever you got to do, but not against Zaha, one of, who I think is the best player outside of the top six. Mm-hmm. By a mile, Zaha. Zaha's brilliant. I don't know mm-hmm. why no one picked him. It might be you know, expensive, the whole English thing, maybe a little bit of a character issue. But I feel like you know a team could really do with him. He's way too good for Crystal Palace. I mean, um, I'd re-sign him now. Oh, for sure. 60 mil, I'd Ar- Arsenal can do with a winger like that mm-hmm. every day. Um, so we go to one down, and then... Ten minutes later, again, Arsenal pretty much deflated from that mm-hmm. moment on. Corner comes in, flicked on by a Palace player on the front post. And Mustafi just walks away from the guy at the back post. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> just. He, Brittany, 
I've watched the replay a million times. He literally just gravitates away from his man for no apparent reason. Like, he's like a kid in a playground going to the ball. And the guy just goes, okay, another three-yard out header like Benteke is, and just puts it in. Palace 3-1. And I don't know, we scored... We scored a very good second goal with Aubameyang, who has been horrendous all game, but a brilliant goal just for that moment. <laughs> That's pretty much how he is. That's pretty much how he is. If you know, I tweeted right before that: no tapping, no party for Aubameyang. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. Um, I've, I've expected more from him since he signed. To be fair, I mean Lacazette has gone the other way. He'll like, tell you nineteen goals though. That's the thing. He'll ta- he'll tell you that, but that's not good enough because nine. Aubameyang is good in a team that is solid all round, and mm. you just need him to finish. He's not good in a team that is struggling or that needs build-up and that right. really needs everybody to chip into the whole attack, right? right? Um, which is what Lacazette has really started to do mm-hmm. this season. Um, brilliant second goal. Really, really nice second goal. Then we had a good 20 minutes to score a third. Again, not enough happening, not enough creativity. We're missing, you know, Torreira, Shaka, Ramsey... Um, Mkhitaryan we're missing a lot of players but again it's no excuse 20 minutes was enough to score a third it will be the ball fell to him at, on the penalty spot and such a team team finish and mm. people are saying he's only 22 or he's this or he's that or he's good at other parts of the game I'm sorry you're an attacking winger attacking midfielder you need to be able to score goals Yeah. because we're not again like Aubameyang he at least shows the stats mm-hmm. we're not good enough to carry an Iwobi mm-hmm. we're just not mm-hmm. um, same thing happened versus Everton again he looks really productive but when you actually sit down and look at it no productivity right so right. really missed opportunity for Arsenal to just completely grasp third spot not even fourth Arsenal would have been third done and dusted beat Everton beat Crystal Palace easy games well just like just like Man United <laughs> where it's you have a chance to solidify your position you play like donkey shit. Arsenal had a chance to solidify their position. Yeah. Do the same thing. And now let's go to Chelsea, who had their chance to solidify. Because I think Chelsea had the biggest chance of everybody. Because they are now 67 points tied with Spurs, I think it is, or something yes, like this. in fourth. But United have 64 points. Arsenal They're in 66. Sixth. Chelsea might not will play. That could have a big impact. So they needed, in my opinion, Chelsea to put some distance so that that game doesn't matter that much. Yeah, and it's Burnley at home. Burnley are yeah. mid-table. They're done. They have nothing to fight for. And they're just not good. Well, the thing is, the game started. Chelsea looked like they were going to score six. Mm-hmm. I caught six, if you remember. Mm-hmm. It just looked like Hazard was in the mood. Higuain is scoring goals. It looked like, even though Burnley scored first, mm-hmm. the way Chelsea were playing, they were rampant. Yeah. They went 2-0 up in like five minutes. It was all smooth sailing from there. Well, then, it was it was 1-0 Burnley scored. Yeah, yeah 1-0 Burnley. Then yeah. Chelsea scored two in like five minutes. Mm-hmm. Smooth sailing from there. Yeah. It looked like they should have scored another five. And then they let Burnley score another one. And it just kind of, everything went stale mm-hmm. from there. Hudson-Odoi got injured. He's great. out for the rest of the season. Oh, yeah? And uh, they're saying possibly the beginning of next. Okay, so I told you on the, on the group, this was the weirdest injury ever he just tried to control a ball mm. completely uncontested and then he like seized up his whole leg just those are the scariest ones when there's no yeah. contact you know something is very very yeah well. so the creativity died with him pedro came on did nothing um kante was very good this game hazard was very good kante's actually played really well this game he was in such you know compared to useless Jorginho. absolutely useless i mean it's burnley you have like 80 percent possession mm. he still couldn't stamp his authority on the game mm. um sorry he's sitting there writing in his book Every time the camera pans, he's just, like, taking notes. It's like he's in class. On, on Jorginho, just because I find him a very curious case, uh, Jose wanted him. 
uh, Pep wanted him, and Sari got him. And I can't for the life of me figure out in any of those systems, including Sari, what he would have contributed. I don't understand. Like, I'm trying to think of, this was the guy they wanted to kind of replace uh, Fernandinho. He, all he does is pass the ball and stands in one position. Has no physical ability whatsoever. He, people run past him all the time. I don't understand. And this could be part of the Pep Guardiola conversation that we have. I don't understand why that is the guy that you targeted as. I can understand Fred to an extent in terms of he runs around and he's mobile, whatever. Maybe not that good, but that's what he does. But I don't understand Jorginho and what he's supposed to well, do. Well, is Jorginho betting than, better than an Abi Keita or a Fabinho? No. Yeah. But at least they also have another facet to the game. They can defend. They can mm-hmm. be greedy. They can get in there. They have the physical aspect. Jorginho mm-hmm. needs a Barcelona 09. Yes. He needs a Busquets role. I have the ball 99% of the game. No one runs at me. I just pass it to Chaffee. Yeah. Fine. But not pass it to Kante. Not pass it to Barkley. Not pass it to Loftus-Cheek. No. You need a team that is so complete. And then Jorginho just sits there. Mm-hmm. In a team that needs that, you know, especially the Premier League, which is a lot of football in transition, especially when Chelsea have all the ball and it's possession or whatever, mm. and the other teams, all they want to do is come at you in transition. And for some reason, sorry, plays him last man. Mm. He doesn't play Conte last man and Jorginho ahead of him. I don't understand why as well. He wants that Pirlo Jabi Alonso, but Jorginho is not good enough. And even with that Pirlo Jabi Alonso, yes. The Pio Jabi Alonso, those guys actually created the attacks. Yeah. Like, they that uh, pre-assist. Jorginho has, like, zero assists. I don't know what Jorginho contributes on, on on either side, except for a terrible penalty. Like, he I, does I nothing. He, he Maybe just four. Maybe he's not getting used to the league. Because it is a hard position to get used to the tempo or whatever. But even his short passes have been horrendous. Like, it's not like... I, I'm just not clear on what he brings. Maybe next season. The problem is, if, if you see a Jorginho struggle, mm-hmm. you would have said, you know what? Give him a Conte. Mm-hmm. Release him or whatever they said for Pogba. Mm-hmm. But he has a Conte right there. Mm-hmm. And nothing happens. So. I, I also look at this Chelsea team and, and I, I struggle to... Defensively, they're not good enough. I've said that from the beginning and it's still the case. I don't care. Rudiger is just bad. Luis is, is not good enough as a no. defender. Like You can't convince me of that. I don't care how many long ball <laughs> that he puts and then whoever... Was it Higuain or who, yeah, yeah, who yeah. scored it? I don't care. Yeah. But defending... Is not good enough. Burnley really could have scored a few more goals in this game. Yeah, and it doesn't really help. It doesn't help when they don't have a defensive midfielder in front of them. Yeah, because Kante is playing so far up the field. So, and I look at it, and in terms of okay, whoever, let's let's take any of these four teams, right? The battling for the top four. Let's say any of them. I don't care who gets it. Let's mm-hmm. say whoever gets in. You look at it and go, you're still pretty trash. Yeah, yeah because yeah. Spurs for his, you know, Pochettino madness, whatever. That team needs. Something. Yeah. They're going to lose Ericsson. We all know. Dele a bit overrated. Song cannot keep yeah, doing this day in, day out. Yeah. You know, that's not going to... They need to do something. All those four teams need to do something. And you look at the transfer market, I don't think there's enough talent in the transfer market right now to affect these teams positively. And it's just getting much harder from how expensive players are becoming. You can't go and buy four top players. You can't. Maybe two. Maybe. Mm-hmm. And you sprinkle with a few regular team players. But you're not going to go and get four Well, Spurs are going to lose out the viral 25 million. Yeah. And then That's what, nothing. What's that going to get And then what do you do? Nothing. You, nothing you can do. United need to buy like 10 players. Chelsea need to do a whole lot. And Arsenal need a team. Let me let me play the devil advocate here. There's four, te- four English teams in, 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 in European semifinals. There's Arsenal, Chelsea in the Europa, mm-hmm. and there is Spurs, Liverpool in... I know Liverpool aren't in the top four, but three of those four are from the top six. So clearly, 
maybe they're good enough. Well, if you add the quarterfinals, City, United. So if you look at it completely, right, the English teams, I think all top six. Were is in that it? it? Yeah, all top yeah. six were in advanced stages of these tournaments. So that's fine. Great. And I think the English teams are actually pretty good, generally. But what I'm saying is, within the league itself, yeah. Right? Like, if you want to one-up the other, these teams all have to spend big money. I don't think the talent is out there. None of them have been convincing. None of them can say, I deserve top four. Yeah. Spurs were up to 10 weeks ago or whatever when they were like 10 points ahead of everybody mm-hmm. in, in third, and then God knows what happened. Up to that point, they deserved it. Yes, it was. If you remember, it was a fight for fourth. Mm-hmm. Now it's a fight for third and fourth, and no one wants it. Absolutely no one wants yeah. it. Yeah. I'll give you an example of what I mean. Chelsea need a striker, and Iguain's not, not it for me. No. The only pure elite level striker available to anybody is Mauro Cardi. If that is the only pure, only striker of elite level you, available, yeah. it tells you. Defenders. Imagine I need a world-class defender. The only one that you could probably get is Koulibaly. Are and he's going to cost you 100 mil. I would do Aldevaro for 25 million, but he's 30. I'm saying that that right age right. mix, it's 100 no, no. mil. You, like, there's, there's nothing no these clubs are going to do. But, but we talk about this a lot, about how there are no players. Yeah. There are just, they doesn't seem to be players. I don't know where they all went. They're concentrated in three clubs. Or yeah, four clubs, like, maybe. You remember, like, we, every time we look, who should we buy? It's like, I don't know. You have to plug gems now. Mm-hmm. One, because they're too expensive. And two, because there's just not many of them. Even if you look at Man City, even if you look at what they've done in the transfer market and look at them and say, this is an elite team. Pep bought, I was listening to the old podcast of ours, Nolito, Bravo. Failed, yeah, Stones yeah. is whatever. Laporte, whatever. Like, Mares. Mares. Failed. Like, there's nothing that's there that you go, you know what, that out, that worked outstandingly. You know who, though? You know who, though? You need a Mohamed Salah. You yes. need a 25, 30 million buy that is ready to make that next step. But yeah. good luck scouting that. But that is what you need. You yeah. need a Salah. A you need Mane. a Mane. You need a somebody that is just going to, cannot wait to make that jump. Yeah. And it's not easy. But that's why now scouts and uh, directors of football and etc etc are so important because yeah. it's not feasible to buy these top top players. it's not feasible to go drop 125 million on Hazard and 200 million on Kane you can't pull a Juventus and Bayern Munich in England and just buy whoever you see who's good because the, the English teams. premium is literally the opposite in yeah. Juve just pickpocket whatever team they want you know yeah, absolutely um, anyways, let's let's leave it there with the Premier League. Let's do fraud a goal. Yeah, that's greatness. That's a goat. That's a guy you respect. Fraud. <laughs> I've snapped. <laughs> it's over. It's time to expose. Oh, so I tried. I want listeners to know. I actively tried to resist this fraud or you goat did. segment. You did, but. Even though I disagree in general, there are going to be some points that will be raised by Mohanid that need to be discussed. I just want to put that out there before we dive in here. All right. So, Pep Guardiola. Listen, mate. I was in the Pep train till a week ago. Until, while the comeback versus uh, Spurs was on Mm -hmm. at like 4-1 or whatever it was, Mm -hmm. I was on that train. I was a conductor. Choo choo. Where are we going next? The Bald Express. I was all there. Platform nine and three quarters. But I snapped. Once Lorente, once the ball came off Lorente's arm into the goal, it erased everything Pep has ever done. Listen, Pep. Okay. By the way, I think he's a he's a goat, not fraud. But let's just by the way. If I had to, look, he's fraud. Okay, I'm in. <laughs> 
I mean, there's no fences here. I'm not backing up. Listen, Barcelona, mm -hmm. well done. Mm -hmm. You have the best player in that we've ever seen and that the sport has ever seen in his prime. Best center midfield. You've got probably. the best center midfield partnership in, in, in Iniesta and you've got the best right back the world has ever seen. Mm -hmm. You've got the best this, the best that. Okay? You Sorry, let me, let, let me add to your point here only because I think it's valid. Lionel Messi had two years at Barcelona at that point. The mm. year before was third best player in the world behind Ronaldo. Oh, was he second? Yeah. Ronaldo Kaká or something like that. Uh, Xavi was Louis van Gaal. Iniesta was Louis van Gaal. Dani Alves, I think, was already signed. Messi was right card. Uh, yeah, Messi, Messi was right card. And he was on the bench when they won the yeah. Champions League, whatever. So Messi was going to be Messi w without Pep Guardiola. Yeah. If Raikard could do it, anybody can. Yeah. No offense. Exactly. So, he had the best team, one of the best teams the world has ever seen. But Fine. he did make them Of course, that team. of course. He made them take, they won seven seasons. Well done, mm -hmm. killing it at Barcelona. Mm -hmm. What has happened since? For me, since then, and this is why I said, but I'm going to throw him under the bus, Alexander Nathan believes that he transformed Bayern Munich. I don't believe so. Bro, they won the trouble. Yes. <laughs> Bro, he keeps going to teams that have dominated the league. Mm -hmm. Barcelona, he made them dominate. I can't mm -hmm. take it away from him. Yep. Bayern, he joined a team that had just won the trouble yep. with a retiring 90-year-old, could barely get out of his seat, made them want the trouble. And they said that he won, is it the double three years in a row or something like this? So but I can win the... I can do that if I take the best player. He took Goodse, he took Lewandowski, he brought a he stripped bunch the league. of other... He stripped the league. There was no competition whatsoever. And then Ancelotti shows up, wins yeah. a double, and wins the league by the same number of points as Pep did. And he got sacked a year later when he was going to win the league probably exactly. anyway. Exactly. Pep just has an aura around him that doesn't allow him to get that sack. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, he did not improve Bayern Munich. Not yes. points-wise. Remember when the fans were on his back with yeah. his playing style? Because it was Barcelona? boring. Exactly. They were not fun. Therefore, Barcelona, fraud. Uh, Barcelona, go. Mm -hmm. Bayern Munich, fraud. Yep. City. Oh, sorry. Yeah. But just to add to your Bayern. Please. Their Champions League performance was dire. Horrendous. They got beat 4 0 by we, Real Madrid. Can we focus on leagues? Because we will get to the Champions League on its own. Oh, a little okay. nice little right. cake at the end. Okay, okay. There's a goal and a fraud. Mm -hmm. Joint City. They sacked Pellegrini for him. Mm -hmm. What did he do more than Pellegrini did? Win the league by more points? So? Yeah. Pellegrini won the league. Mancini won the league. Did, did he get further away in the Champions League than either of them? No. Did he get further away than Moyes did with United? No. No. Fraudulent. Absolutely. Joined the best team in the land. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Spent a billion and a half uh, Pep on his dollars. Own a and a half. By the way, top 10 most expensive defenders, mm -hmm. four of them are City current players. Wow. Well, okay. so it's Walker, Laporte, Stones. Walker, Laporte, Stones, and, uh, sorry, uh, Ederson would be in there. Okay. Four out okay. of the back five are the top. Bendy. Bro, all of them are in the top 10 and the keeper's top three. Wow. Listen, man. I, okay, like I've thought about this. And then he did what? <sighs> what? He won the league. So obviously you win the league. What do you want to do? If the, if, if, remember when Mourinho said that strike, uh, defenders are costing what strikers cost? Yeah. City created that environment. Exactly. And we can talk about... So here, here's my beef. And I said this before. I like a manager that does the impossible. Jose Mourinho did that with Porto. Yeah. To me, he did that with Inter oh, Milan. Oh, you want to talk Jose Mourinho? And That's Chelsea, cool. yes, he was Czech manager, but that team had nothing to build on when he got in there. Porto Champions League, miracle. <clears throat> Inter Trouble, miracle. Chelsea Dominance, 
They've never seen anything like it before. Mm. Came back and won another trophy with Chelsea. Mm. These are all. This is this is a miracle worker. Yeah. He, this is not a guy that just goes in, picks a top team, and makes it work. Yeah. Madrid to break the Barcelona dominance and, and win and by a hundred points and or score whatever it is. Goals or Come like on, these are all miracle workers kind of CVs, yep. resumes. Pep has joined the top team in every league and did not improve him twice now in Bayern Munich yep. and in Barcelona. Champions League, lost to Monaco, mm-hmm. lost to Spurs, lost to, no offense, Liverpool. Three years ago, Liverpool. Not this kind of juggernaut Liverpool. Mm-hmm. And still, I'm sorry, this is not a Barcelona, this is not a Real Madrid, this is not, you should be beating Liverpool. So, I just don't see what has happened. The footballing style and all that, love it. Mm-hmm. Great, yes, thank you. But the money you spend, the rel- you know how they talk about marginal gains? Yes. When you take that, compared to the money you spent, I'm sorry. That was not worth it for City. I, it was just. Not. I I believe I agree. I agree with you. The the and my main problem with City and Pep in this City thing is when they got Chiki Bigiristein and I think Fernando or whatever his name was, they were building this club for Pep Guardiola. Yeah. Even while they had Pellegrini and whoever else there, those guys were stopgaps. Mancini, yeah. Pellegrini, they were building this Pep vision from the beginning. But they were building a pep vision that everyone knew was not going to last very long because he doesn't yep. do that. He's in it for himself. He's going to go. To, he's going to go to PSG, go win everything PSG, and then claim to be the greatest of all time. Name a academy player. Phil Foden. One Premier League goal. Mm-hmm. What else? Does Zinchenko count? Only because Mendy's injured. Yeah, that's it. Name me players that have come through the academy. That has to be a column that you look at a manager and say, you know, Ferguson's done it. Wenger's done it. Mm-hmm. All these people have done it. Tell me which young player, Sterling, he improved, but he was already, he bought 50 million. 50 million doesn't count. Tell yeah. me a player that we never heard of that Pep made a superstar or a household name. I can't tell you one. Exactly. I can't tell you one. I'm sorry. Listen, man, I was on the train mm-hmm. because the environment, the fumes coming off the train kind of envelop you and you just go with it. But you sit down and mm-hmm. you think about it, fraudulent. Yeah, absolutely. That's greatness. That's a goat. That's a guy you respect. Fraud. All right, so we've been a long pod, but uh, we cannot miss out TFC. 4-3 win against Minnesota United. Crazy game. Uh, Crazy, crazy back and forth game. So, and there were two aspects to this on a TFC perspective. There was Pozuelo with with two goals. Like unbelievable! Bad. I love I love this shit. Yeah. Like you get this, like shit. like Jervinko came in and we're like yay! Hey. Pozuelo comes in we're like yay! We're gonna win the league! Whatever, like, man. like I'm loving it. And then you have two goals from a Scarborough native. Uh, what's his name? Jay Chapman or yeah, 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 what's yeah. his name again? Um, I, I remember Jay. Yeah, 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 yeah. I know. I know, uh, what I know his name is Hamilton. Jordan, yeah, Hamilton. Jordan, Jordan Hamilton. Hamilton. Yeah, yeah. That's a great story for me. That's greatness. <laughs> I can't say that's <laughs> anymore know. in any context. Even in work com- conference, I'm like, that. oh, no, no. Yeah. Since like was in my head. Um, um, but, yeah, TFC have been a lot of fun to watch. Pozuelo has been a spark. Altador um, is back on form as well. Altador is on form. And it's just all we ask it for it to be fun. Results are a side thing. Mm-hmm. You know, TFC haven't been demanding trophies since more than two years ago. Mm-hmm. So this is all new. And let's go back to having fun, enjoying it, taking it one game at a time and seeing what happens. Pozuelo, the 
the cazorla in him of the left foot or right foot is impressive. Mm. You know, he finished with a plumb with the left foot, then curled the beautifully with the right. And the other chip the other day with, with the left, he's got it all. And I really hope he keeps going. And I always like it when midfielders shine more than strikers because mm-hmm. they have more to their game. Yeah. They can affect more. Yeah. They can, you know, tempo, assists, goals, whatever you want. Um, but yeah, brilliant so far. And they're top of the East, I believe, right now. Just them and DC United, which is obviously MLS is a long season. Yeah, it feels short, really, but it's long. It's a long way to and go. There's a lot of distance if you ask the full. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Don't get me started. Uh, but you know, this is all you can ask for, as you said, mm-hmm. and and we'll take it every game, every every game as it comes. Yeah. So going even more locally, can PL? Yeah, the yeah. Canadian Premier League is starting. On Saturday, it's uh, York 9 against uh, Hamilton Forge. Yeah, in uh, Hamilton. In Hamilton, mm. the Tim Hortons Stadium. York 9, just so Canadian. everybody knows, is our geographically our club. Yeah. Um, They're Marco. I mean, that's really, yeah, that's really, uh, I can't see how else we're going to pick. It has to be geographical because we've never had a chance with the United and Arsenal and stuff. So, I mean, this one, we like TFC is geographical, but York 9 is even more, like we have to. Yeah. I don't think we have a choice. Yeah. You, you don't wait a season. Well, also, like I live kind of close to their stadium. So if okay. it's a, attend a game, it just makes sense for right. me. Maybe not you guys, but right. hey, I'll wave the Kosh flag. Also, they have our colors. So yeah, green and green, black, green, yeah. white. Like yeah, yeah they, they, they got that. I'm convinced. I'm yeah. bought in. Yeah. Um, other than that, we've got Juve won their league. PSG won their league. Mm-hmm. Um, so Ronaldo became the first player to ever win the three top leagues. Yeah. Which obviously this is the only reason he went. Which we we knew was gonna happen. Well, you know that Instagram post that he put up with the one and only and then the three flags. Yeah. That yeah. Instagram post was literally the reason he signed a year ago. Oh, like he was bruh. waiting for this moment. <laughs> he, he looked and he went. I can do that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Messi can't do that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, I was actually talking with uh, my brother and, um, well, my future brother-in-law about players that have almost completed football. Mm-hmm. Ronaldo is a World Cup away mm-hmm. from completing football. Mm-hmm. Kaká is a Copa America and a Premier League away. But how did Kaká? Well, oh, Real Madrid. Yeah, yeah, we didn't notice. Yeah, that. yeah, yeah. Um, so Champions League, Ballon d'Ors, all that. Zidane is a Premier League. Away mm-hmm. only, so Henri is only a Serie A away. Mm-hmm. These four guys are. I'm sure we're missing some, but those four guys are are up there. Henri, pretty much, I would think Serie A is the lowest on the list. Of you know, that's just right. my opinion. So right. I would put Henri top. The only thing that would dock him a few points is that he wasn't influential in the World Cup win. It wasn't his team, and he didn't win the Ballon d'Or. It wasn't his team. Yeah. And I think that's where Ronaldo is different. Yeah. Even though he's done it all, is that. These were his teams, and probably, I mean, Juventus will win anyway, right. but like, when you're the man, you're the yeah. man. Zidane is close, because it's unfair, he's never played in the Premier League, but, yeah. you know, the World Cup over Ronaldo's World Cup, I would, that would pip Zidane just a little bit. The World Cup is more valuable to yeah. me. Yeah, um, someone put up a, someone put up an interesting argument, which, uh, whatever, where they said, please don't disrespect Zlatan, who won, yes. uh, I mean, let's just throw it out there, it's a pharmacy game, anyway, but uh, Eredivisie. Liga, what's that French? Liga, 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 Syria, and well, he didn't win the Premier the League. The problem is the Champions League. If he won the Premier League with Man United, but, but no Champions League, you would accept that? Never. That's a problem. Never. I that's never a problem. Accept that. The problem is the no Champions League part. He has not won yeah. the Champions League, and, and that's and what... no international. Well, that's Sweden. I. Hey, if Greece can win here in two thousand four, like, <laughs> yeah. let's not sure. go there. Sure, but yeah, Zlatan is a is a league. 
beast mm-hmm. for sure, and he's been top scoring all of them, etc., etc. For sure. Um, did, did MLS? No, they didn't. No, no but they're they're leading in the West Coast. Quick question before we go. I have a strange feeling that Zlatan will be feeling. remembered more for his personality, yeah. like twenty years, yeah, in Marcus. twenty years time, than actual his actually his play, which and his play was fantastic. But I feel he's going to be more personality because Ronaldo and Messi in fifty years we're going to talk about them like Pele Maradona. Yeah. Where we remember these moments that they did and the way that they played and the t- styles and whatever. Even when you talk about strikers, Latan's not going to feature. It's going to be Henri and Ronaldo, like Ronaldo R9 and, mm-hmm. and Suarez, etc. The reason being, I think, is the Ajax thing, it's just not as popular as, let's say, if that was out of United. Mm-hmm. The Serie A thing, Serie A, unfortunately, no marketing-wise, it's way lower. So really, people started to only pay attention to Latan a little bit in Sweden. And then the failure of Barcelona mm-hmm. doesn't help his cause. Mm-hmm. So... Minded a bit, but he was old. That's the thing. That's the thing. He he's not marketable as a group because of the clubs he mm. played for, but he's definitely marketable as an individual. Which he's smart, and that's what he did. So. Yeah. Let's hope one day our uh, our under the cost marketability is as high as Latans. I mean, I would take that for sure. Hey Amen. At this point, we always have to have <laughs> kids and like become yeah. their agents and hope that they do what we could. At this point, I would be famous in Holland. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right, we will see you guys next week. Yep. Thank you for downloading the Koshcast. Get in touch at underthekoshblog at gmail.com, follow us on Twitter at under underscore thekosh, and for articles, predictions, and the full experience, go to underthekoshblog.com. 